welcome everyone. Welcome to our Creation Arena. Uh, today, uh, I'm your host, Alex Petrenko, Product Evangelist with Creation. I am joined today by a wonderful, wonderful list of participants uh, and panelists. Uh, today, we have John Rafferty, President and Senior Consultant at John Rafferty Consulting. Welcome, John. Uh, you're calling in from sunny, but a little chilly California, as, I, as far as I know. Yeah, that's uh, good. Perfect. We also have Dr. Ashok Sapia, co-founder and CEO of Mitra Innovation from uh, Wimbledon area, uh, London. Welcome, Dr. Ashok. Uh, and we also have my very dear friend, Director of Sales Enablement uh, with Creatia, Eric Hale. Uh, welcome, everybody. Thank you for finding the time for this Creation Arena. I'm very delighted to have you here with us. And today we are having a very interesting discussion, right, that has, doesn't have one single yes or no, uh, but we really want to uh, kind of dig deep in, you know, discuss the idea, what is going to be the future uh, of the organizations that we work with that are out there, right, and specifically in the roles of the CIOs. Are they going to be the tech executives or they're going to be becoming more of a like uh, general managers uh, in the near future, in the distant future, uh, or... Uh, what is actually going to be happening, right? And let's uh, kick it off. Uh, what is your initial idea here, John? What do you think, where the future is going to be there? Yeah, well, it's a, it's a very provocative question. And I suppose when I considered it, a lot of uh, what my answer was going to uh, depend upon is the nature of the industry that you work in. Now, I'm going to speak to the tiny sliver corner of the universe that I'm familiar with, and that's property casualty and life insurance. And the interesting thing that's unique about those companies is that they rely on two very large and complex applications, a policy and claims administration system. In the world prior to the internet, and, and once upon a time there was such a world, uh, all of these systems were built upon large mainframe computing systems. As I said though, they're very large and complex and they're not the kinds of systems that you can just replace and change in three, four, five years. These are, these are massive uh, and complex systems. And especially if you're a very large insurance company, you're, you generally have a lot of products that you run through these systems. So uh, for the CIOs who run these companies, my, my uh, initial thought on the question was they really need to understand the business. They need to be more in, in, the, in the area of general managers so that they understand the complexity, the complex nature of the business and also have an understanding of how the systems can support that business through not just through the, through the corporate headquarters, but also through these large distribution channels of agents and brokers. Yeah, interesting. Well, it wouldn't be a creation arena if we didn't have a provocative question, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but thank you for sharing your thoughts. Uh, Ashok, what do you think? Uh, what is your take on this uh, provocative question? Yeah, it's an, it is an interesting, and I think we're seeing a lot of changes uh, uh, in the last two decades. And I think uh, after the lockdown, it's going to be even more challenging. Mm -hmm. uh, I had the uh, fortune to spend 10 years of my uh, career in, in, in North America, all over the US, and now pretty much 15 years uh, in UK and Europe. So I, I got to work with uh, 50 odd CIOs on both sides. Uh, if you really look in the dot-com um, arena, a lot of companies came and they became very successful. Of course, now we are seeing the Apples and the uh, Twitters who, who came on those days. Now it's become very, very large organizations. 
but uh, after bubble burst, it was e-business that really took over. So it's the Amazon's AWS of the world that really gone into a large scale implementation. They challenged the traditional large corporates, uh, whether it's a Coca-Cola, whether it's Nike, how they deliver their uh, products and how they have to deliver it now through digital channel is changing how, what the CIOs really need to do. Mm -hmm. But in the last five years, because there is a digital revolution that we are going through and now it's gonna be pretty much 80 to 90% digitalization, right? Uh, we heard the term digital transformation, you know, all the big system integrators rather specialize on digital transformation, helping CIOs to transform their organizations. To a certain extent, CIOs need to have business knowledge. They need to understand the business really well. So there is a limit of general management, but they really need to be on the technology side because that's a revolution. Uh, and we saw the new title, the chief digital officers. So CIOs are morphing into chief digital officers. And I think they are playing a very, very crucial role. So I, I think they have to revolutionize. They have to become more chief innovation officer, not just IT managers. I think that's where I see the challenges. Yeah, very interesting point. And I think we're gonna uh, uncover, when we're gonna discuss more in detail the whole digitalization, right? Uh, of our world that we're going through right now. I'm personally very excited about this time that we are alive at, right? But I want first of all, check with Eric, because Eric, you've been uh, in the sales and account management role for many years. I think it was over 20 years with different uh, companies, right? And different large organizations. Uh, what is your take, uh, you know, across, you know, within these 20 years, how do you see the role of the CIO changing, right? Yeah, how, uh, where it started and where it is not now? Yeah, absolutely. And it, it's a great question, Alex. And I, and I think, you know, both uh, John and Ashok have, have kind of outlined how that evolution has been taking place. Um, and I think it's been, you know, it's, it, it's not new. This has been an evolution that's been going on uh, for decades. I mean, if we go back uh, the role of the CIO really was, you know, uh, you, you can use the analogy of building the house, right? You wanted to build the house, uh, put in the plumbing, uh, but now, you know, the role of the CIO is to also live in the house, right? How do we, we want to start using the plumbing now. So um, that role has been, uh, you know, evolving uh, as, uh, you know, as time progresses and as business needs change. Um, and I think that, um, you know, the role of the CIO is really, um, more of a coordinator, right? Like, uh, and you know, Alex, it wouldn't be me if I didn't have some t uh, statistics to, to kind of share, right? So, um, you know, so Gartner, there was a, um, a Gartner uh, study that had come out that said uh, that by this year, 2020, 100% of IT roles will require an immediate, uh, intermediate level of proficiency and business act. Right, so understanding, um, you know, the different cultures between IT and business, um, is really where the CIO's role can bridge that gap now. Um, you know, they're, they're, uh, they're, they're enabling people to have that communication and strategy shared from business to, uh, to IT. And that's really their role, I feel, is to um, one, coordinate those efforts uh, between the two organizations, but two, um, also uh, come up with a technology that's going to uh, support the business strategy going forward. So opening up the, the lines of communication is really the major role of CIOs today. Yeah, and um, well, thank you, Eric. And I think like this is a very interesting question if we kind of as well merge it with what Ashok mentioned there, right? In regards of digitalization and the shifts of the skill set that is required. But we can also think in, in the perspective of 
how actually the technology is now affecting the businesses and our lives, right? So how much into technology we are, how much technology we have that is supporting all kinds of different, uh, you know, areas of our day-to-day -day life, right? So 10 years ago, five years ago, whatever we use for technology is considered completely outdated nowadays, right? And uh, the world has changed absolutely. Right, so uh, John, what do you think about the whole influence of the technology uh, that we have been using, we are now using into this, this specific role in the organization? Is it really gonna be more of a chief innovations officer if, or is it gonna be uh, still kind of a you know, uh, IT role? So I, I think that what is going on is, first of all, it is becoming much more uh, easy and accessible to move data from one place to another. There's so many tools available to capture data through some, you know, uh, forward-facing UI and then move that data downstream through a business process. This is where I, I pick up on what Ashok had mentioned about digitization. So a lot of companies in the area that I'm really steeped in, they're, they're modulating their business units. They're not trying to make force a one size fits all application into, way, into ways they were customarily doing business. So they might just carve off a particular piece of their business unit and say, there's a certain technical solution that will allow us to do this business process a lot more efficient. It may, it may reside outside of our traditional mainframe based computer systems, but as long as we're capturing the data, we can take and put that data where we need to put it so the people in the accounting offices can properly account for all the transactions, that kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. And Ashok, what do you think uh, if we kind of can start uh, drilling down into this, into this topic? See, the, um, uh, the, as I mentioned, digital, and, and, and uh, Eric also said the same thing. So digitalization is, is a must, it's not an option anymore. Uh, in, in the last two, last two months, eight weeks, Lock, during lockdown, uh, unless you are in the manufacturing field base or business, everybody's operating from their own home. And all you need is a digital capabilities to communicate and correspond with your uh, employees and your, mm -hmm. and your customers, right? So we are, we are doing it. And what, what has become is internet has become a utility. It's like a, another energy. Without that, we can't live. And so the business operating, I think, um, I remember reading Bill Gates uh, in one of his blog, he mentioned two years worth of digital transformation just happened in the last now X number of weeks because we are forced to bring everything together and digitalize it. Um, so I think digital transformation is I've been running for a while. It's, it's here, it has, it's happening a lot faster now in the current scenario. Uh, I think what's interesting to look at is what will be the future post lockdown how would the CIOs or the CDOs going to react? That's going to be really challenging. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, uh, this is our third arena and probably we've now selected the most uh, COVID unrelated topic and still we're going to the lockdown. We're still involving <laughs> the currency into the discussion because it feels like this lockdown is going to change our lives completely, yeah. right? And there's no way not talking about it, which is funny. And yeah, also like how exactly do we start feeling entitled to certain technology, right? As soon as we adopt it, right? Uh, if you remember the running gag around about using Wi-Fi uh, during your flights, right? 
it's yeah. a miracle that you can fly and use Wi-Fi. And now if you, it goes down, everybody gets shocked. My flight was ruined because I couldn't Twitter, twit or I couldn't uh, go on Facebook, right? Which is right. also hilarious in terms of human behavior and human psychology. But kind of coming back towards the whole topic about the shift in the role and the skill set, Eric, you're, you, you brought up some interesting numbers in research, as always, right? Uh, and what you mentioned there is that, you know, these CIOs will have to have certain uh, business management skills. But if you're going to start exploring it for, further, right, uh, now a lot of the businesses are heavily reliant on marketing. Right. Does it mean that the CIOs will also have to start building certain skill sets in marketing, uh, product marketing, business marketing, and so on and so forth? Because this way or another, they will be involved in the in these uh, in these operations. What do you think? Well, so uh, again, I go back to uh, the fact that it, it, it's an open communication channel at this point that needs to happen across an entire organization. So I think that goes from. Uh, you know, marketing to sales to, uh, you know, your, your back office IT operations as well, all of that needs to be coordinated. Um, because, it, you know, if you're, you know, we're, the first question that you had, Alex, was, you know, it, you know, surrounding technology. And as we know, in business, there's, you know, there's two types of organizations, there's the quick and there's the dead. Right. Yeah. You have to, uh, <laughs> you have to adjust very quickly. Technology is going to um, reshape the organization so you can disrupt, uh, you know, traditional incumbents within uh, specific markets. And um, if you're lacking the digital resources or you are lacking, um, you know, finance or, uh, uh, you know, the, the foresight, um, you're going to fall behind. Uh, so that's really the role of the CIO is to, is to manage that across the entire organization, right? Because it's the technology. It's the it's the digitalization, as you said, Ashok, that's going to put your organization ahead. And that messaging has to be driven by the technology. How is this technology going to help the, uh, the organization? So that leads the marketing discussion. That leads the, uh, the sales. Operations strategy. and sales and everything, right? So we yeah. are kind of leaving towards the whole idea that they will be becoming more of a general managers because they have to have an yeah. understanding of every single area of, of the organization. And yeah, I, I do support in certain ways and certain ways I do not, right? Because again, it takes a certain skill set. It takes a certain mindset to be able to understand every single area of the organization. Uh, guys, so what do you think about uh, what would be the number one priority uh, for the CIOs uh, in a year uh, in the future, right? A year or so, let's put it a year and a half. Like, what, how are they going to be surviving the post-COVID uh, time wh or what are they going to be focusing in the uh, in year, one year from now? Um, interesting question. So, yeah, yeah, so I'm actually talking to a number of CIOs here in, in the UK and Europe. Uh, the immediate thought process, how do I bring the employees back and how do we operate? But assuming that can be handled, uh, it's how they are going to service their customers and how they are going to provide the technology differently. But actually, uh, as John mentioned, it varies from industry to industry. So if you're if you looking at the, the industrial corporates like uh, manufacturing, oil and gas, mining, there are a challenge would be how to make sure the employees are safe, what technology they will need to improve their health condition. There are a lot of, I think our recent research shows there's very little technology exists for the health. There are a lot of technology exists on the safety. 
So that's for that industrial organizations. But if it is a, a digital trading online provisioning organizations, uh, what has happened is uh, in the last eight weeks, uh, a large percentage of the populations who are not digitally savvy are being forced to be digital. Yeah, Zoom is becoming a default yeah. video conferencing. We are, doing, yeah. uh, we are doing Zoom parties with 30, 40, 50 people. They didn't even know that what Zoom was, right? So now the CIO, how are they going to deliver the service to that digitally savvy community? Uh, I think that's going to be a major challenge. And, and one other thing I want to mention is uh, traditionally, uh, an organization wants to release a new product. You had 18 months, 24 months. Mm-hmm. But now it's come down to three months. So as a CIO, I'm, how do I... How do I re- collaborate my resources how do i generate uh, technology products a lot faster so would you would you say that the a year from now especially after the the, the whole quarantine and the lockdown in the world uh, would you say that this where we are right now is going to actually boost up the whole digitalization process across all kinds of organizations right of course there are those that have to be on site those have to be you know into utilities business but there are some that can be fully remote Right. So would you say that more and more organizations are now going to be understanding the importance of moving to digital and fully digital operations? I'll, yeah. I'll take that. I, yeah. Absolutely, I do. I, I believe that that is, this is absolutely a catalyst. I've talked to some people recently who've said, you know, I, I regret that I just renewed my commercial lease on, on uh, you know, 20,000 square feet of office space when we're doing just as well with people working out of their homes. I think that's gonna revolutionize it. And I think companies are gonna take a look at that and say, do I need all this brick and mortar expensive uh, real estate either own to lease? Um, or are there ways I can invest what I can save there in, in modernizing my technology, digit, digitizing business processes? Absolutely, I, I'm convinced that that is going to be going on for sure. Okay, and what is going to be the, the role of the CIOs in this case? The sh- should they be searching for ways of innovating? Should they be only looking at specific tools? Should, be they, should they be relying on internal uh, business analysts, on external business analysts and analyst firms and such? Uh, how are they going to be driving this process? Well, I, I think, um, you know, the, the current situation in, in the, the health crisis has kind of spun them back a little bit. In, in, in the role, right? Uh, so they've, they've been kind of forced back into that project management uh, type of role that you know, a traditional CIO uh, was managing because now they have to focus on business continuity um, right now, right? So this is like shook up a lot of companies. Um, you know, how do we equip our uh, people to work remotely? You know, so there's hardware, there's uh, you know, tools that they have to utilize while they're out there. How do we get that uh, to connect securely? So they're worried about security right now. So they've gone back from uh, you know, that innovative spirit of how do we you know, create gener- uh, revenue generating opportunities to business continuity? How do we keep our infrastructure up and running in this new environment? And I think that what the crisis has shown is that um, a lot of people hadn't thought about that. So I think within, you know, within a year, um, there's going to be a strategy for when uh, and if something happens again. Um, or uh, to John's point, um, you know, maybe this is a better model. Uh, maybe it's a better model to have people um, you know, working remotely because you can save costs. Um, so how do, we, how do we focus on that and get the infrastructure to support that 
going forward. And once that's in place, then, you know, they can go back to the role of that general manager where, you know, we start to look at uh, technology as um, uh, a profit center versus a, a cost center. Yeah. So, you know, again, there's no black and white in this discussion. This is really, you know, uh, thinking and, uh, you know, just trying to understand what will be the, the, the future. Because, Eric, what you mentioned uh, seems like, you know, in cert for certain organizations, the CIOs have made this roll back, right, rather than uh, moving forward. But we as well kind of understand and we have an idea that maybe in the future, they will actually be now converting more into general managers, understanding each business and also how to bring these uh, different departments, different operations into the digital area. Right. But again, I really feel like we can discover and we can kind of talk more about who are they going to be relying on? Is it solely going to be their skill set, their understanding of the technology and future, or they're going to be involving some third parties, right? How are they going to be making this decision? Uh, what is your, you know, expectation and maybe prediction there. Um, Ashok, if you have uh, something you want to share uh, with you on your with your experience working with other clients as not a vendor but really as a partner as a consultant. Sure, sure. I I think the CIOs have three three big challenges ahead, and they need to surround themselves with a lot of people, smart people, consultants, internally, external to achieve it. One. Uh, like uh, Eric, you mentioned, uh, a lot of organizations will want to have a hybrid way of operating. They want some group of people working from remote, some group group of people coming into the office, and it will be a bit of flux. Uh, Twitter announced, I think, they want to have all the employees continue from work. They don't want office facility. Uh, Tata Consultancy, they have 450,000 employees. They announced 75% of the employees will work home from home. That's, that's 300,000 people. That's a lot of properties there. Uh, so that, how, do, how would, as a CIO, how do I make that shift? It's not easy. You know, the mm -hmm. club, team collaboration remotely is not that easy. You can do it for maybe two months, three months, but for years, that is a big challenge. Externally, customer interaction. So um, how do I innovate? Uh, how do I bring new technology to interact with my customers and so on? And third one is innovation. You have to innovate. You, you are a digital leader. You know, with, irrespective where you are in the organization, if you are a CIO or a CDO, you are a digital leader, which means you've got to come up with innovative ideas internally and externally. Now, these are very complex challenges. So they will have to work with the product management for new products. Uh, there are uh, business units to come up with a uh, new way of operating, HR organization, how do I work with my teams from different locations? I think there's some prediction uh, around the world. Uh, mental well-being challenges will increase because of lockdown and they're expecting 12% of, of, of work, uh, work population to have that issue. So how do I deal with that as a CIO? Uh, I think they need a lot of support internally and externally. That's what I would say. Yeah, absolutely. And funny that you mentioned uh, working from home and real estate, right? Because uh, we, we all heard that, uh, you know, development skills and development resources started to migrate away from uh, San Francisco area, right mm -hmm. from, the, from the Bay Area. Uh, so I wonder what's gonna happen uh, with, with the state and with that specific city, right? Because the real estate market is gonna definitely change. Everything's gonna change about the economy of the city. So let's see how that's gonna be affecting it. <laughs> Still, like what are gonna be the skills that those CIOs will have to have uh, in order to 
you know, overcome the time of the crisis and to stay on top of the uh, on top of the game after the crisis is actually, uh, you know, over overcome. Is it going to be just the uh, ability to, you know, to use the analytical uh, side of uh, of your personality to understand what is going to be the next move to take, or is it actually going to be the housekeeping, uh, you know, side of things and maintain your internal organization right now? Eric, what do you think? Yeah, yeah. I mean, so I, I, I like the comment, and uh, you know, especially being in sales, you know, there there is that um, that big cultural difference when uh, you know in sales, you know, we're we're very business focused and you know uh, suit and tie type of uh, you know mentality, and you know, you, you can come into an IT department and find people in you know slippers and in, in bathrobes. So, you know, that, that's just a visual, um, you know, difference in, in the cultures. But um, I really believe that um, the, and it is a unicorn, but I think it's going to be necessary that you have somebody that can um, make effective use of a communication strategy, right? It's going yeah. to be the only way that you're going to, um, uh, to be successful is to bridge that gap in that culture, right? So you have to be um, focused on telling a good story, right? Like, so from an IT perspective, you know, they see everything, um, you know, uh, from a, a technology perspective, but having them understand the why behind it, right? They're getting these requests from business. Um, here's why this is important. Here's how this aligns with our strategy. This is how our company is going to be successful and vice versa, right? Um, so, you know, business might have unrealistic expectations from IT, right? Um, you know, we know what we want, <laughs> just go make it happen, right? And that's, that, that used to be the way. It was a top-down strategy. I, this is what I want, just make it happen. Yeah. Um, uh, so, John, what do you, what do you think? Cause you've been quiet for a few minutes, maybe, yeah, yeah. uh, you, you, I think you have something to say in this. Well, I'm, I'm borrowing a lot from some really terrific commentary by the, the panel here. And I will say this, that uh, I'm not sure what it's like in the worlds that, uh, Eric and, and Ashok, uh, you know, run in, in, but property casualty life insurance companies are, are traditionally the last to innovate. Okay. <laughs> and so. I mean, I'm working with a couple of clients who are using 1990s. That seems to, I'm sure some of your audience probably haven't even been born yet, but that, that's old desktop software. And this, this presents a great opportunity to move some of those key business processes into a, a, a digitized uh, business process. That's the challenge. But the good news from my perspective is for, a, for an informed CIO, they don't have to do all this work in-house. There are plenty of solutions out in the marketplace that will do, be more than adequate to solve these business problems. And so I think a capable uh, quality CIO or CTO will, will avail themselves to some of these ready uh, and available solutions in the market uh, to, to move the company into the next phase of innovation. So I'm very optimistic actually about uh, how they're going to come out of this uh, this storm yeah so if there are any cios from a life or property insurance uh, companies right there was a free consultancy advice from john rafferty uh if you want to stay on top of the game you have to innovate you have to start digitizing not even after the crisis right john but probably start right now yeah. Because we know how the procurement uh, processes are going in large organizations like that, 
right? We're talking about what three to six month uh, delay in in the whole process, and then the implementation and the delivery and sell, right. right? But I I like that you mentioned about you know not building in house, uh, but actually going out for for the vendors. Uh, and Ashok, maybe I'm going to ask you a question, and then I want John to kind of compliment from your experience. But the do you really see a lot of uh, companies now building software from scratch like they used to do 20, 25 years ago, or you actually still continue, or you see that more and more of them are going out for the vendors to either a vertical solution or to go for a low-code application that they can build themselves using the tools that have been developed for them? Like, what is the uh, what what is the breakdown there? Yeah, actually, fantastic question. So, but I think we need to look at it broadly. Yeah. The entrepreneur world, the startup world is increasing. It's, it's, it's accelerating pretty fast and they are building lots and lots of new technology. But CIO, from a corporate perspective, the traditional problem that they've been facing and, and it's even it's still there is business needs are pretty aggressive and they want agile um, solution in weeks and few months. Whereas IT does take a long time to deliver and there are a lot of internal issues and we don't need to discuss about that. Um, where we are seeing opportunities, especially in, in the UK, Germany, uh, I, I'm doing a lot of projects in Czech Republic or various banks, is they have the business idea, if you can build a solution with a combination of low code solution and a very efficient integration with a secured way of doing that, then they can get it up and running within three months, which business wins and the CIO also wins because they were able to deliver it. So um, yeah, uh, Alexa, I'm, I'm starting to see more and more CIOs, CTOs uh, reaching out for a good ERP or a CRM or a marketing automation or, or maybe AI, but even if it's AI or machine learning or robotic cross automation, you still need to have underlying architecture that the current legacy system can't do. So, so they are definitely looking for good products out there and they're embracing more and more technologies a lot faster. Yeah, yeah. and John, what do you, what, what do you see uh, in your consultancy firm? Uh, how do you see the market uh, making this the, the switch or maybe not making the switch? Or do they actually still consider hiring, uh, you know, dozens and hundreds of development resources and continuing building their little uh, Frankenstein monster in-house? Yeah, you know, actually, I think there's been a sea change in this area that, that, that once upon a time was, you know, you would have uh, these very large Fortune 25 companies, whether on the life of the, or the property and casualty side, have a staff of IT people that, you know, numbered in the thousands. But yeah. that, that, again, I, I emphasize the point I made earlier, and I, I just I echo some of the comments that Ashok made, is there are very, you know, viable solutions on the marketplace again, whether you're talking CRMs or ERMs or uh, uh, you know uh, platforms for uh, launching uh, quoting applications, for example, or comparative quoting applications, those already exist in the market. And I, I'm reminded of you know a company that in years gone by. Well, you know I need a I need a photocopy of a of a piece of paper, so I'll just you know I'll just build a Xerox machine. No, I'll just go out and I'll lease a Xerox machine. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't make sense to do that, right? I mean, it just, at, at a certain point, you know, you get these lofty ideas of, well, we can design and build all this in-house. And, and, you know, when you do the sanity check, you realize that's not really such a great idea. Why don't I just talk to this guy? He's got a, 
he's got a system off the shelf ready to go. So I, I, I and I'm starting to see more and more of that thinking going on mm -hmm. uh, in, in my industry. People are contracting with CRM uh, software providers, ERM uh, solution providers, and, and all the way on down the line. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting thought. Interesting thought. Eric? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I have a slightly, um, slightly different view on that. I mean, I agree definitely with the, the statements from John and Ashok, but I think that what I'm seeing, um, you know, as we're working uh, with many companies is that they're starting to um, embrace that underlying technology, like you said, Ashok. Like, um, I'm seeing more interest in um, rapid application development platforms, right? So um, what was happening is, yeah, there are a lot of interesting applications that are out there, but um, what's happening is that uh, is a lot to manage, uh, you know, internally. There's all these different technologies that are being meshed together. Um, it doesn't uh, make it easy uh, to adapt to change, uh, you know, so... Uh, it's not uh, the most uh, beneficial uh, solution. Yes, you can get them up and running. Yes, they'll provide value right away. But when change comes, it, it makes it difficult to manage. So uh, again, having that um, rapid application development platform that they can create um, you know, applications utilizing the same technology, I'm finding that um, you know, this is a big area of interest for most uh, CIOs today. Uh, because they want to flatten out that technology and make it easy to, to change. Okay, so what does the org chart is going to look like after uh, for IT after COVID? Is it different if you have a business leader versus a tech leader? And this actually, this comment actually made me thinking: What is actually the future leadership going to be looking like in general? Right? Uh, if the the tech leadership is going to be able to prove that because the organization didn't go through the digitalization and digital transformation before the, uh, before the lockdown, before the crisis, right? Uh, and that kind of pushed them back in the overall, like being able to manage with this, this crisis. Will they be actually making a business case to take over the leadership, right? And actually drive the whole organization from where it should be going uh, in case any future uh, problems like this and crises like like this uh, avert, or will it actually be like Eric mentioned? Will they actually be pushed back to do more of a housekeeping questions rather than driving the business and driving the uh, the transformation of the organizations? You know, the, the the way I look at that, Alex, is that um, you know, so if 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 we're looking at the organizational structure, I think you're going and and when I said it rolled back, that, that that's because of the you know current environment. But things will go back to normal, and I think that what you're going to see is you know you're going to see that shift from um, you know the IT department um, having that bottom up approach, right? Everything is being pushed down from them, and they're um, you know working their way up. So I think that. Successful organizations are, um, you know, going to have a strategy where um, it's more of a consortium, right? And yeah. again, I'll throw out another uh, another stat, right? So companies with uh, high effectiveness in communication and change management are 3.5 times more likely to outperform their peers. So mm -hmm. I think you're going to see that shift to where you'll have an executive uh, consortium uh, versus, you know, that top-down or bottom-up strategy. I mean, my, my point would be, um, Alexis, uh, I don't think it's a business leader versus technology leader question. Okay. I think it's, it's, it's both roles into one, both, both skills into one is what is required. 
um, you know, the um, all the new propositions that are coming into the market requires both how you're going to sell to the customer and serve to them, at the same time, what technology you're bringing in. Uh, yeah. You know, in the last eight weeks, we saw the some of the modern technology companies like Zoom, who are not very popular, became overnight success. And in the uh, even the small groceries like the uh, butcher in Wimbledon, uh, they all gone tech savvy now. They are delivering. You know, I can order the meat over the app, and they're delivering to my house. Mm -hmm. And post COVID, that that will survive. I think this kind of revolution will continue to evolve. So the CIOs who traditionally ran a very large, you know, massive organization, building apps, taking three months, six months to roll out apps. Guess what? Those business not going to survive. It's, it's going to be a massive challenge. At the same time, you know, post 2018 banking crisis, it's those companies who actually took advantage of that opportunity and innovated and brought a lot of technology from out, uh, outside are thriving really well today. So okay. this is again an opportunity for the organizations, which means business has to be innovative. Technology leaders have to be business leaders and they need to bring a lot of agile capabilities and consultancy to really accelerate. So I think it's, a, it's, it's, it's two in one now. If I could just weigh in on, uh, on the question, uh, because I largely agree with the panel on everything they've said. The idea that you take traditional uh, financial services companies like insurance companies or, or property casualty or life insurance companies who have these vast complex in-house applications and you, you tell them, you know, you, we've not seen any innovation in about 25, 30 years. You're using, you know, antiquated, uh, you know, ethernet applications. You're not, you don't have any applications on the web. You need to digitize. For somebody to hear a message like that, it's almost like, well, you want me to boil the ocean, okay? And it's, it's, it's a daunting and, and frankly an impossible undertaking if you want to try to achieve all of that in one bite, right? So I'm going to borrow some, some of my colleagues here on the panel. Some of the recommendations is that you can make meaningful technological advancements and innovations, and you can do it in a incremental basis that is both achievable, has business significance, and moves the company forward into a modern te technological uh, platform environment, whatever that is, whatever part of your business processes you need to digitize. So it makes it less daunting if you think about it, doing it incrementally than saying, oh my God, we're 40 years behind the eight ball. We got to get all this done next year. Well, that's impossible. Okay. It's unrealistic. And uh, so again, I'm just going to echo a lot of what my panelists have shared on here on this point, and that is, you know, innovation, you don't have to take everything off in one bite. The organization is driven by the business operations. You don't sell marketing to IT, you sell IT to marketing. IT is, IT is an enabler, not a leader. So would you, would you agree with this thought that IT is only uh, assisting the growth of the business, but it's not actually helping it to, uh, you know, to, to grow as such? I emphatically disagree with that sentiment. <laughs> and just based uh, and by the reaction of our panelists here. It can be demonstrated. Say, yeah, it can be demonstrated objectively in any number of ways. Okay. Uh, you, you know, uh, I'm not going to pick on any one company or, you know, any particular industry, for example, but 
you know, you've, <laughs> you've got an industry that's sort of flatlined on its top line revenue and they're all using the same antiquated technology. You could come in there and say, you're leaving so much marketplace on, you know, unexamined, unexplored, untouched. And here's how technology mm -hmm. can avail you access to the, these pieces of the market that you're not even, you're not even uh, interacting with. Okay. So it, it's a totally objective way of looking at the opportunity is, is, is the point I'm trying to make. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I start from, from just from a business perspective, right? I mean, if you look at it from, from that, technology is what's going to, you know, unlock your competitive advantage, right? And uh, a business leader is not going to understand the technology. They understand the result, but it's really the CIO and IT that's going to drive that, um, you know, that, that, that technology forward that's going to give you that competitive advantage. So if they're not highly engaged in that process, you're, you're going to fail. Again, it can't be that top down, hey, I want this, go figure out how to make it happen and enable it. No, IT has to be bringing those ideas to, uh, to the business to say, here's how we get ahead. Here's how we get an advantage. Uh, so I, I, I agree with John. I, I emphatically disagree with that statement. <laughs> <laughs> I also agree. Uh, you, you really can't market something if you don't know what technology innovation you're bringing to the table. I mean, when you say IT, some, a lot of the organizations do have an IT organization, but that's more like keeping the pipe lights on, pipe making sure plumbing is working, systems are running, mainframes are running, and so on. But we have moved on, right? The CIO's role is not just to keep the lights on, it's to pave the way for what the future could look like for the organization. But they need to team up with the product managers and the marketing managers to come up. I'll give one example, um, like the um, media channels in the US, in the UK, uh, Virgin and Sky dominate the, the TV channels. But uh, BT uh, R&D organization came up with a, a product, they call it BT Vision. It came from the R&D organization, technology organization. And now BT Vision is a competitor in the market for media. Uh, so, you know, a lot of ideas do come from the R&D organization, but obviously you need marketing to make it viable. It's, it's a, you've got to do it together. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But still, I personally believe that the, uh, the technology is driving, is, is driving, uh, will be driving more and more the businesses moving forward. Uh, I know I have a very strong feeling that the, the business operations are going to be demanding technology and it will be the CIO's uh, you know, job to actually accommodate those demands, right? Because the information technologies is what really uh, the future is all about, right? We're never going back, we're only moving forward. And the way that we've been moving so far, it's all about tech, it's all about digitalization, it's all about moving to cloud, to power apps, to low code applications and the rest funk of, the, of those industries. So, uh, Guys, if you have any last closing remarks, uh, let's do uh, a quick final 30 second um, final messaging and um, we're going to call it a call it a session. What do you think? Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, my final comment is that I just see that there's a, a you know, a definite shift from that back room tech focused, um, you know, role of the CIO to more of a, a credible business partner uh, with their colleagues in the business side. Uh, I think that that is the future. Um, that is how companies are going to be successful. And, um, you know, if, if you don't embrace that, that strategy, um, you know, you're going to lag behind your peers. That's just my final statement. 
I would just like to say out of every crisis comes innovation and uh, there will be positive fallout in ways we can't even imagine. So I, I remain very optimistic about what the future is going to look like once we get past this, uh, you know, this terrible uh, period that we're in. And I just want to say in the last, especially in the last two years, I, I saw a lot of um, CIOs, CDOs getting into the board level, whether it's Verizon, Barclays, Travis Perkins, uh, the, and even Prudential, Alnur Ramaji is a CDO. So they are already in the board, which means mm -hmm. they, are in, they are strategic decision makers. Um, and the technology demand is, is growing fast. And the good news is for them as consumers, uh, a lot of people have accepted in the last eight weeks which means corporates have a lot of opportunities to yeah, innovate now. Perfect. Well, uh, John, Ashok, Eric, thank you very much for uh, this session today. It was a huge pleasure and very insightful conversation. Uh, thank you again, and I will uh, see you next time. Bye-bye. Gentlemen, always a pleasure. Thanks. Bye -bye. Thank you. Thank you.